0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Goodbye
3: baseball, a walk-off. Winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive. This game is over. goodbye baseball. Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the
2: ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here as the Mariners take on the A's for a couple of games. Now it's bounce back from the M's after a really rough road trip. Taking both of them against Oakland the last couple of days, so we'll talk all about that. We're also going to hear from Omar Narvaez, who's been excellent so far as the Mariners catcher. Offensively, he's having one of the best years for any catcher in the big leagues, so we'll hear from him as Shannon Dreher had a chance to sit down with the Mariners catcher. Also, Keaton Gologli will visit. We're going to talk some Modesto nuts, check in with everything going on in Modesto. So a jammed full podcast. Also talk about the Minnesota Twins on the horizon. Off day today and then four against Minnesota. What turns out to be, well, it feels like a brief homestand before heading back out onto the road. The end of this month kind of turns, though, and the Mariners at home quite a bit at the end of May and into June. First things first, the Mariners taking on the A's two days ago, and this is one where Mariners had a lead right away. Mitch Hanniger going deep, first batter of the ball game against fires who came off a no-hitter last time that was spoiled immediately this game was close one-to-one going into the six but the a's one in the sixth, one in the seventh one in the eighth and we've talked so much about the a's bullpen the last uh, couple of years but the mariners in the eighth inning able to strike vogel back going yard
3: the pitch on the way to Vogelback. Here she comes, swinging a drive deep to straightaway center field. Loreano going back, looking up. Goodbye, baseball. To the bottom of the batter's eye, straightaway center field. Daniel Vogelback, with his 10th home run of the season, has tied the game at 4 4 here in the bottom of the eighth inning.
2: That was crushed. Pretty great moment for the M's right there. And then the A's, though, in the 10th would push a run across to take the lead in extra innings. The Mariners, though, fortunate they did not have to face Trinan in this one. It was Soria on to try and close this one out. Mariners were down to it. Down one, It looked like uh, they were on the ropes. A chance for the A's to put this one away, but not so fast.
4: At the letters, the 2-2 pitch to Santana. Swung on line drive down the line. Fair ball. Left field line. Here comes D. Tie ball game. Santana digging for second. He'll get there. And the RBI leader in the American League comes up big. And RBI double to tie it at five here in the bottom of the tenth.
2: And Narvaez would walk it off.
4: Here we go, two balls, two strikes. The pitch to Narvaez took a lot off. Base hit left field. Here comes the antenna around third, getting the wave on. Here's the throw to the plate, not in time. Omar Narvaez wins it with a two out. RBI single to left, and the Mariners. They win it 6 to 5 here on this Monday night in Seattle. Omar Narvaez, what a hitter he is. Two home runs in his last two games, and a game winner here tonight.
2: There it was. Mariners get the win over the A's in game one. That felt pretty good after that rough road trip. And then the M's return the next day, last night, and they play some long ball again.
3: Here's the stretch and the 3-1 to Hanniger Swing a drive deep to left field. And the Mariners have just regained the lead up for deck again. Holy smokes, Mitch Hanniger with his 11th home run of the season with J.P. Crawford aboard. Gives the Mariners a four-to-two lead here in the bottom of the fifth inning, and for Haniger, home runs in back-to-back games against the Oakland Athletics, and both times he parks it into the upper deck and left. What a shot by Haniger!
2: Vogelback would go yard as well. Oakland would push one across in the seventh, so this one's four to three, close ball game. Elias called on in the seventh. 0
4: 2 pitch, two out, bases loaded, Mariners by a run. Pitch, swung on and missed, struck him out. High heat, got him. Rowan Elias, three pitches, puts out the
2: fire as the A strand three. And Scott Service just kept rolling with Elias. The
3: windup and the 1 2 pitch. Fastball, swing, and a miss for strike three. And Rowenis Elias strikes out the side here in the top of the eighth inning. He gets Olsen. On a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, four consecutive strikeouts for Rowena Elias. He fans Pinder in the seventh. He gets Chapman Davis and Olsen here in the eighth. What a job by Rowena Elias.
2: And he was dynamite, fanned five in two and a third innings, no hits, no runs, one walk. Those five punch shots. he grabs the save. The Mariners grab the win, and they break out the mini-brooms as they beat the A's four to three to sweep aside Oakland in the two game series here's scott service after the game
5: hey we won a normal game <laughs> <laughs> kind of normal <laughs> Kind of normal. yeah good pitching uh it was, it was good good we'll ball see game too
3: many seven out saves I mean,
5: nope you don't uh, you'll see it here once in a while uh, with elias that's when he's at his best you know when you can run him out there and, and let him face you know nine ten eleven hitters kind of get in a good roll Had really good stuff tonight you know, we uh, were riding him harder on the year. He had a little, you know, we had to back off him a little bit because he was a little bit sore. But, you know, really good good outing for him tonight. Really saved the game for us, literally. And uh, we really wouldn't have been in that spot. Mike Leake was probably the best stuff, best outing he's had probably this year. I uh, thought his breaking balls were really good. Outstanding mix of pitches, really good tempo. Um, you know, we hit enough home runs to, to hold him off tonight. So, uh, uh, nice win uh, coming off that road trip to bounce back. Uh, our, our team's still on East Coast time, and our guys are dragging a little bit today. So, uh, welcome off day tomorrow, and hopefully we we'll can keep it rolling.
3: You mentioned this before, but uh, in some ways, the long reliever is maybe more valuable than a starter in some, some on some days. Uh... Uh,
5: they're, they're all valuable, uh, but uh, certainly those guys that can go multiple innings uh, and get through uh, different pockets of a lineup they are they are valuable. Um, Ellis has had a good season; he really has, uh, really from spring training on. Uh, we sat down with him early and, and tried to simplify some things with him. Um, and flat out told him, hey, you're on the team, just go pitch. And it's amazing when you guys hear that because he's never really had that happen to him before. And he's taken it and got a lot of confidence and continues to, to grow. And um, nice guy to have down there.
3: His fastball looked like a little.
5: It did, yeah. He, he had a really good life on his fastball tonight, no question about it. And change-ups really become a real weapon for him. It was great to see him drop the curveball in against Chapman. Uh, I don't think Chapman was looking for it. I know we weren't uh, on the bench, and, you know, he's got all three weapons, but fastball changeup combo has been very effective for him. What were
3: the thoughts going in the ninth? You're just obviously going with him. Actually, that's
5: kind of how, believe it or not, that's how we drew it up. Uh, you know, we had these meetings before the game, and, you know, if Mike Lee could get us six or seven innings, go to Ellis and then let him run with it. As yeah, crazy as it sounds, that's kind of where we're at bullpen tonight As you try to map this thing out with who's available and who's rested and, was ready to go, and it was Elias' night today. You know, We knew that at 6 o'clock tonight. He was going to play a big part in the game. Pretty critical to give all those other guys in the bullpen a day off. They back it up with another day off and you can uh, it, it, it helps. Yeah. Just looking for, to try to ride the, a hot hand right now. Uh, and certainly, you know, it's kind of been a mixed bag at times. Some guys get going good for three or four outings, and they stub their toe a little bit. But uh, Elias has probably been our most consistent guy down there from the start of the season until we're at right today. He
3: hasn't given up many home runs this year. There.
5: Yeah, he's got a good sinker. Um, Anderson really does, and um, you know we got him in some good counts. Uh, Beckham jumped him early. Nice see Bogey uh, turn around a left-hander, and then Haniger got a good pitch and a good count, and certainly didn't miss it. So uh, again, uh, it's nice to win a game. We don't have to score six, seven, eight runs. Uh, you know, we we did some nice things. Really on the mound, that was the key to the game tonight. The strikeouts late in the game are big too. We haven't had a lot of that, and it's been great to see tonight.
3: Again, had to overcome an error at a key key point, uh, but you did. You know, I wonder if you're seeing progress in that area as well.
5: Yeah, but we, you know, we still made an error, uh, and um, you know, a couple errors really. You know, the first and second, the long fly ball to, to Hanny. Um, you know, we had to redirect that throw into second base uh, and not let the tying run get into scoring position, but. You know, uh, Beckham made a nice back end of play. Uh, the short the throw came up a little bit short. Um, a couple of unearned runs there that got them back in the game. But our guys continue to work hard. I think the addition of Crawford's been really nice at shortstop. Um, you know, the final turn of the double play there at the end of the game. Uh, JP's got a good sense about him. Uh, their internal clock's good. He looks very comfortable uh, taking the ground balls, and um, glad to have him, and he's starting to get comfortable.
2: There was that's the skipper Scott Service. Greg kind of mentioned it too in his question. The surprise from yesterday, Brett Anderson does not give up a lot of home runs, and the Mariners get to him a couple of different times, including Vogelback. He'd only allowed one home run to a lefty since like 2015. Of course, he's you know had some injury woes along the way, so he hasn't pitched a ton. But still, not a guy generally is taken deep, and the Mariners get to them, get to him and get to the A's, and they take out the A's in two games. Off day today, I'm looking forward to the series coming up against Minnesota. Four-game set starting Thursday. We know the first matchup, Eric Swanson against Michael Pineda, 7-10 first pitch, the former Mariner. Mariners will shuffle the deck a little bit, so their starters Friday, Saturday, Sunday, TBD. We'll talk more about the matchup, hopefully, know more on the podcast coming up on Friday to get you ready for the weekend. But we do know it's Swanson against Pineda. This is going to be a really interesting series. The Twins playing some great ball 26 and 15 on top in the Central. The second best run differential, maybe the third best run differential in the American League. And they've really done it on the backs of their offense. 74 home runs this season. That's third most in baseball behind the Mariners, who are still number one. Houston number two, just one back of the Mariners right now. 83 for the M's, 82 for Houston, 74 for Minnesota. So they have really slugged the baseball early on. And it's been, I don't know, uh, you would expect Nelson Cruz, who's doing his thing. He's off to a fine start, so no surprise there. He's got seven long balls, a pretty good slash as well, 270, 354, uh, 508. But some guys that you may not expect, we'll talk about Narvaez in just a moment, but Mitch Garver probably having the best offensive season for any catcher in baseball. Yes, Mitch Garver, the Minnesota Twins starting catcher, batting three twenty nine and on-base percentage of four eighteen. He's walloped nine home runs. He's off to a great start. Polanco, the shortstop, batting three twenty seven on base near four he He's got eight home runs. Eddie Rosario has 13 home runs for Minnesota so far this season. Kepler's chipped in eight long balls. So they're getting it from a number of different places. And although Cruz and Marwan Gonzalez have certainly contributed scope as well, some of the veteran newcomers, it's really been a lot of the young guys that have stepped forward and provided a lot of punch for Minnesota so far in this season. So this is going to be a very interesting series. Mariners and Twins, the first of four, starting tomorrow night. Now, McGarver is off to a great start. Uh, Probably the best offensive season for any catcher. You break down catchers in the big leagues in terms of WRC+, and Omar Narvaez is in the top six in baseball. He is off to a great start offensively for the Mariners and at a position where... You don't necessarily get a lot of punch from. There have been some standout offensive seasons so far from from some unexpected places. Garver, number one. Wilson Contreras is the best right now in the National League. The catcher for the Cubs. James McCann, a nice start for the White Sox. Torinos has hit well for Houston. And of course, Gary Sanchez off to a nice start for New York. But there's Norvias for the Mariners right there. He's having a fine season and Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with the Mariners catcher.
1: Shannon Dreyer here in the dugout at T Mobile Park, catching up with Omar Narvaez. And man, what a game last night. There was so much that happened in that game. We'll start at the end. What's it like to step up to the plate in a situation when you know you have a chance to win it?
6: Well, you know, first of all, there's a lot excited. You know, sometimes, like uh, when you get a lot excited, you want to do too much. And we only need a base hit, you know, uh, a tingle to. Right of that run on,
1: and so you were able to calm down everything and say, "Hey, this is all I have to do here."
6: Yeah, well, well you know, first of all, I try to like they kind of swung too hard the first pitch, <laughs> but but I realized that you know we only need a a run and, and uh, didn't have to do too much. Just try to you know just take, see with my approach and you know just you know try to do
1: less. Seems like you have had success at staying with your approach this season. You've shown a remarkable consistency. At the plate, who do you see yourself as at the plate?
6: First of all, I'm I'm, I'm the guy that gets a lot of patience. You know, I, I haven't get a, a lot of patience in the beginning of the season as so well. You know, I was gonna swing into mo- too many pitches. I'm still swinging. You know, a bunch of pitches, but I'm trying to you know stick with the pitch I'm looking for. And, and if I see, I swing. If I don't, I don't.
1: When did you? Develop into who you are right now as a mature hitter and and that focus that you have
6: right now? Everything became as you know, uh, with my family. You know, my dad used to teach me that. My my dad used to play baseball. So since I was a little kid, uh, he always took me to the uh, field and, and, you know, kind of teaching me how he does the thing. So as I I was growing, I kind of, you know, stayed with his approach, trying to make my approach of. What I was watching as a kid, so uh, you know, it's, it's something interesting because he uh, he was my manager all, all my career as a you know I'm uh, a and uh, he always he always teach me how to you know be patient and, and teach me that walks is kind of hits too. So uh, if I drag a ball, a walk is it's a winning anyway.
1: And that's kind of uncommon. Usually, it's like, hey, kid, go out there and try and hit home runs.
6: Yeah, I mean. Everybody knows home runs fun, but, you know, sometimes hits a homer don't help the team. We can be losing by 10 runs. If I hit a homer, it's only one run. But if I get a base hit or or, or I get a good A.B., and probably that A.B. gets everybody on fire in that inning. So I think sometimes the base hit or the walk help, help more than a home run.
1: A great way to look at it. And we see that. We see it. It's not always the big hit. Sometimes, even the walk, a guy will turn to the dugout, say, all right, guys, and there's a big reaction. Yeah, it
6: could be a, even an error, you know, sometimes when you're fighting an A-B and you, you obviously after five or six pitches, you've already got a pretty good A-B and then you probably get a, a ground ball and you and you host it to first base and you get up safe somehow, that fire the team up. And, and sometimes that's what we're looking for as a team.
1: That's awesome, and that's team. That's all about team, right?
6: Yeah, the, everything is all about winning, and, and I think we don't win alone. We we, we need, uh, you know, nine players in the lineup and other, you know, our pitcher stuff. We, we need everybody, so uh, there's not about one player. It's, everything is about everybody, and when we lose, we lose together, and we win, we win together, so it, it, it don't matter who we got. If we win, we win.
1: And it was a great win last night. To get you to the plate, a lot of things had to happen, and you were instrumental in a lot. And I was watching early on, Kikuchi having some struggles with his command. You run out there, I think, after four pitches. What are you telling him then?
6: Well, first of all, we, uh, he kind of makes the signs, so uh, he makes a few mistakes with his, with his signs. So okay. I was I went out there to to remind him what we were using by that time. So, uh, yeah, he wasn't, uh, you know, spotting everything that he he did in uh, New York and uh, Cleveland, but uh, he fought. He uh, he showed me what he got yesterday and, and made me really proud because he basically got not much and he make he made it through.
1: That's what they say. They say that he so wants to win out there. Teammates see that with him. He does fight.
6: Yeah, I mean. When he gets going, he gets going. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of try to make him going in the third, and uh, everything kind of become easier for him because he was attacking more, more, uh, more the sun and uh, they were kind of have to uh, swim first pitches because he was throwing strikes. It makes it kind of easier for him. You know, when he gets going, he's he's pretty good. How
1: big was Brandon Brennan's strike
6: three? Huge. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> That inning right there, you know, saved us, and then uh, we gave her a homer, but our team was already fired, so uh, it it didn't matter what was going on, but we want to come back.
1: That was a fun thing to see. And then lastly, the controversy, Corey Guerin. I mean, were you aware? When were you aware of what? No,
6: I was really confused when I saw that. I I, I didn't even know what what was happening, but uh, they kind of explained me, you know, like the umpire came to me and kind of explained me, but I still was... uh, I saw a lot, so, lost, so um, I didn't really pay attention. I was kind of trying to make it in the tour strike. He uh, made a, pre- a pretty good adjustment it was touch strikes. I love it matters.
1: Omar, thank you.
2: You're welcome. And now a conversation with one of our favorites, Keaton Gologli, the voice of the Modesto Nuts. We get to catch up with Modesto. A lot going on with Modesto early in the season. Well, Keaton, it's been a while. This is going to be a fun conversation. We have a lot to get to. The first thing I want to talk to you about is... Watching Logan Gilbert, because you had, I guess, a very unique vantage point watching Logan Gilbert the last time you saw him. Tell us your vantage point and what he looked like when you watched him.
0: Yeah, so he threw a, a simulated game on Thursday. He had twisted his ankle a couple of days ago during a drillity drill, so that's why they've skipped him this turn through the rotation. He's going to start next week. Uh, But when they do a simulated game, they've got the opportunity to put the the batting cage that they use for BP around home plate when the guys step in uh, to take their swing. So I had the opportunity to go stand right behind home plate, essentially five to six feet away from Logan Gilbert doing his work. And it was uh, masterful to watch. Uh, The fastball is big, it's hard, and it's straight. And he's got a really big reach because he's a big, tall guy, so he really gets out there and has great extension on it. Uh, the slider is particularly nasty and tunnels really well with his fastball. And the pitch that they were really trying to work on him with was the was the changeup, which he flashed some above-average change-ups, but it's not quite uh, totally consistent yet. But he's a guy who's really quiet, really calm and placid on the mound, but you know inside he's a real bulldog and has a really hot competitive fire. And he's very just... A quick worker gets the ball back and is and is ready to go and very rarely shakes off his catcher. But watching the stuff move and watching him work against you know, Cal Raleigh, another highly rated prospect in the system, and a couple of the other guys that had a chance to work against him, he gave up one hard hit ball on a, on a changeup that that leaked out over plate. But other than that, even facing some of the best hitters this nuts team has to offer, I mean, he didn't give up anything hard hit. You didn't feel
2: like jumping in the cage against him. Uh, no, definitely <laughs> not.
0: That's how the broadcasting career comes to an end very quickly.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, you have a couple names that Mariner fans are pretty familiar with that we'll be watching pretty closely. Tui Valala, Batista down there rehabbing with you. What have you seen from those two so far?
0: Yeah, so Sam Tui, Tui Valala has made uh, three appearances now with us. Uh, he's going to be here for a little while. Uh, working back from that Achilles injury. Uh, so far, the velocity and the command are there for Tui Valala. And you know, it was an ankle injury, so I know he couldn't throw a ton uh, early, but he's, uh, you know, he looks good a- at this point. And right now it's just about getting reps because he didn't have spring training. Uh, and the other thing that he talked about when I talked with him uh, right when he got here was just what the injury did to his mindset uh, he really never had the game taken away from him like this, and it, he feels it's really allowed him to kind of roll with the punches a little bit more, and he thinks it's going to make him much mentally stronger as, uh, as his career goes on because he's going to have a better perspective when something goes wrong or you have those minor bumps in the road that you know maybe you didn't execute a pitch here or you give up that game-changing run. It's not something that he feels like is going to crush him as much as it used to because he has that perspective. It's not an injury like a torn Achilles that you have a really, really long process. And just going through the ups and downs of even the rehab, You know where you take a step forward then you feel like you take two steps back or you thought you felt good and then by the end of your training that day you're not feeling great. Like those types of hurdles he feels have really helped him. Uh, now we've only seen here Sean Bautista once. We're going to see, actually, Tui Valada and Bautista throw an inning apiece on Saturday. Mm. Uh, So that'll be the day before um, this airs. And uh, Bautista uh, looked great in terms of his velocity in his first outing. Uh, He was up at 97, 98, 99 miles an hour. The one thing Bautista didn't quite have was his command. Uncorked a couple of wild pitches, walked a guy. But that's to be expected, having not thrown it in so long. But the velocity and the stuff was certainly there. And he's so long and has such a whip, kind of a snapback on his his fastball. It's really, really electric. And, I mean, that's another great piece in that huge package the Mariners got from the Mets.
2: Another arm that's kind of opened some eyes, at least from here, is we have been watching Newsom's numbers, and they've been eye-popping. You take out the five earned runs, his last start. He had been nearly invincible. What have you seen from
0: him? Well, an increase in velocity, and it's made a major difference. So the Mariners put together um, the the gas camp, which identified the players that had – Really good command and a really well-developed secondary pitch, and L.J. Newsom fits right into that. And he was a guy who was 87 to 89 miles an hour uh, last year when he worked, watched him work all throughout the California League season. And his, his margin for error was really, really small because with that velocity, if you let something leak out over the plate, it's going to get hit hard. Now that he's 91-93 and much closer to a major league average fastball velocity, his margin of error is wider. Mm -hmm. He can get away with a few more mistakes. Not that he makes many because his fastball command and all of his command is uh, elite. Um, But he's now able to work with that fastball uh, much more often. And we've seen him get a lot of strikeouts swinging on fastballs up in the zone, which was something he wasn't able to do. So it's pure uh, added fastball velocity that has added that's what he's done. And the way they were able to add that velocity was mostly with weighted ball work, and, mm. uh, which strengthens the shoulder. And the other thing it does that I've found out from these guys is that it helps you get a more natural arm path. Because if you're throwing with these weighted balls, if you don't have your true natural arm path, you're going to feel a little bit of pain. And that kind of keeps you within the, within the delivery that you need to be most efficient. And that, among the strengthening of the shoulder, has been able to add velocity to a number of guys in the system right now
2: yeah that's good stuff who offensively <laughs> has caught your eye in the early part of the season
0: yeah joe rizzo uh ha- has gotten really hot he was a-, a second round pick in 2016 he was a high school draft pick so he's only 21 right now uh, he was with us all of last year and and hit only about 250 and really he had a, he had a tough year there really wasn't many hot streaks for him um and he's a guy who Uh, whose whose carrying tool is going to be his back and his contact with a little bit of power. And uh, after that tough year last year, he went back, changed his swing, changed his posture, so he hinged forward a little bit at the waist so that but his upper body was a little bit uh, more forward toward the plate, closed his stance a little bit, and that's allowed him to stay on the ball a little bit longer instead of stepping out toward first base, his left-handed hitter. So instead of stepping away from the plate, he's kind of staying in on the plate a little bit more, and he is really driving the ball with authority. He had no four la- uh, open four last night or earlier this week, but uh, for the most part over the last two weeks, he's hitting almost 500, and it's a hard 500. He's squaring everything up, uh, going to all fields, and uh, starting to show a little bit of his pop. So um, he's a guy who might start be, starting to be hitting his stride at the moment, and they're starting to add a little bit of de- defensive versatility for him. Uh, he's been at third base for most of his career, but we've seen him at second base a little bit, and that's a spot he's been taking ground balls. And he, he's been getting some time at first base as well. So you know, if this bat continues and, this, uh, and if this adjustment continues to yield results for Rizzo, uh, you know, he's going to be able to find a spot on the field defensively because of the versatility they've cultivated now at the age of 20 and now 21 um, in 8-ball. And so, you know, he he might be uh, starting to figure it out. Then The other guy is is Cal Raleigh. And and, uh, although the numbers don't look real great at the moment in terms of average, uh, he's still figuring everything out. He's a catcher in his first full year and a switch hitter. So he's got a lot of work to do every day maintaining not one but two swings plus everything that goes into being a minor league catcher when you don't have a bullpen catcher. But the thing that has jumped out uh, is his power. I mean, it's, it's legitimate. It's a little raw right now, still working to get it in um, into every game. But he had four home runs in the month of April in his first full minor league season, which is impressive. And they were all... Being towering fly balls, those big mammoth moonshots uh, that get out and have been no doubters. So uh, he's been really fun to watch the plate. And he's chased a little bit here and there and has gone after some high fastballs. But that's fine. He's, he's going to figure it out. He's had a lot of attention. And he, he's a, a really, really hard worker, quiet, head down type of guy uh, who's really locked in day to day. And uh, at some point, I mean, he's going to get scalding hot. And uh, so far, that hasn't happened yet. But you can certainly see the tools. And uh, he looks like he was a great pick.
2: Well, Keaton, this has been fun to catch up. This will not be the last time, that's for sure. It's been fun to watch the nuts from afar, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you bet it. Have a good one, Gary.